Hi there. Our first story of the week is about the NCAA considering to hold tournaments in states with trans athlete bans. The NCAA has released a previous statement supporting trans athletes and the Equality Act, and they released the following statement regarding their consideration with where they hold their tournaments. Reading this carefully worded statement and knowing how the NCAA has special interests with the legislative branch due to their NIL rights bill, which stands for name, image, and likeness, it's clear that the NCAA is weighing the pros and cons of taking an absolute stance against anti-trans legislature. To be fair, over 30 states have considered or passed anti-trans athlete bills. So at a certain point, where can the NCAA even hold events? But it's this type of support and action that the NCAA can do to warn these states to reconsider their harmful legislation. And this will set a precedent for all their championship events. The NCAA can make a bold move deciding to stand behind trans athletes and fairness for all. But is this realistic? We're unsure what the NCAA will decide, but they wouldn't be the first organization to reverse course and break promises in supporting marginalized communities. The NCAA has faced numerous controversies throughout its history. Even just this past March, they came under fire for their poor quality weight rooms for women. A coach from Stanford University unveiled the stark contrast between the men's weight room and the women's weight room at a championship event in San Antonio, Texas. The NCAA apologized and redesigned a new weight room to fix this inequality. What's clear is that organizations like the NCAA still have a lot of work to do. And they'll always look out for their best interests before standing up to the injustices that marginalized communities face. When we rely on these organizations to help in our fight against the legislature, we put ourselves at a disadvantage. Unfortunately, we have to prove our fight outweighs the cons of supporting trans athletes. History has proven that issues that deserve absolute support like anti-trans bans tend to be at the mercy of those who are too calculated to be decent humans. And so we will continue to fight, make our voices heard, and demand that this is not an issue that has to be considered, but to be absolutely supported. Amen to that. And thank you all for joining us. This is The Queerly News. Welcome to The Queerly News. I'm Lena. And I'm Nick. On May 9th, openly gay corporate analyst and political columnist Michael Deal announced he would be running against Republican incumbent Arkansas Senator John Boozman. Deal will be running as a Republican who leans left on social issues but advocates for less government oversight. Only in Arkansas could that make sense. But regardless, I'm curious if Deal is actually a Democrat in Republicans' clothing, because if so, we won't lie. It is pretty convincing. Somehow this guy looks both gay and Republican, and it might just be enough to fool enough people in Arkansas to vote for him. And who else is running against him in Boozman? Oh, it looks like a Baptist minister and a gun range owner. Hmm, very tough competition. So tough. 
The Biden administration on May 10th said it would provide protections against discrimination in healthcare experienced by transgender people, reversing a policy put in place by the Trump administration last year. The federal government will again protect the trans community from discrimination by healthcare providers and other health-related organizations that receive federal funding. With trans healthcare bans being put into law nationwide, this is an important step forward Biden is making in counteracting discriminatory legislature. This is a major win during a very bleak year so far. And for once, it feels nice to be able to celebrate this in Biden's administration. Regarding the anti-trans sports bill, Montana's governor signed the bill on May 7th, making it the sixth state to sign into law. On the same day in Texas, the anti-trans sports bill, which originally failed to pass out of the committee until a Texas Democrat, Harold Dutton, revived the bill because a bill of his did pass. Thus, the petty congressman revived it and now it has passed and it's on its way for a House floor vote for Governor Greg Abbott to sign. If you live in Texas, contact your legislator now and protect trans kids. Continue to advocate for the Equality Act and urge its importance. Speaking of the Equality Act, According to Associated Press, prospects are dimming for the passing of the Equality Act with no Republicans signed on. This is partly because of the debates in Congress that have shifted towards women's and girls' sports regarding the anti-trans athlete bans. As conservative groups spur Republicans on about pushing anti-transgender laws, the Equality Act now seems to be left in limbo. The opposition towards the Equality Act further grows as the anti-trans sports bill gains prominence in the halls of Congress among Republicans. They fear the act would send a wave of trans women flooding female sports. Supporters of anti-trans sports bills say they're protecting their daughters and saving women's sports, but they're only protecting their transphobic rhetoric and cis privilege. They're not protecting or saving anything, but you know what? The Equality Act will. The Equality Act will protect the very kids right now who are being discriminated against based on their sex, race, gender identity, and sexual orientation. I still have hope for the Equality Act, and I think we should still continue to fight for it. But in a bit more positive news in queer politics, Britain has moved to ban conversion therapy and support those who sadly experienced it. This measure if passed, would fulfill former Prime Minister Theresa May's 75-point action plan, which included the ban of the abhorrent conversion therapy. As the UK sets to make history for LGBTQ rights, there are still places in the world that continue the harmful and discredited practice. The US is still one of them. Yes, and that is something we certainly don't forget. No. On May 10th, GLAAD announced its inaugural Social Media Safety Index, which evaluates LGBTQ user safety across multiple online platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. In their findings, GLAAD states, surveying the current landscape of leading social media platforms, the entire sector is effectively unsafe for LGBTQ users. What about us, asked Grinder? So we decided to reach out to Grinder, and we got the following messages. Ooh, uh, looks like a picture that we need to censor at 10.03 p.m. And uh, looking host at 12.02 a.m. And, uh, oh, oh my, 
fuck you ugly at 3.04 a.m. But okay, here's their message. At 11 a.m. we got, Grindr promotes a safe and consensual platform for individuals to meet and get to know each other. So yes, very super safe. Super safe, just like Tinder, right? <laughs> On May 10th, James Charles announced he was being blackmailed by a former employee who was suing him. And on May 12th, Colin Underwood revealed he was blackmailed to come out after being photographed at a gay men's spa. You know, these things always seem to come in threes, like celebrity deaths. So you might want to watch out because I'm pretty sure Kevin Spacey is sure to reveal he was being blackmailed too. Perhaps Netflix can add both James Charles and Kevin Spacey to Colm's reality series. They can call it, be sorry for me, I'm an abuser, a gay Fantasia. In today's headline, Caitlyn Jenner. Okay, okay, wait. First, can I just say as a Californian, I am so annoyed with all of this. Like, can we stop with the whole celebrity obsession we have? Just because they're famous doesn't mean they're going to be influential leaders, especially when they're out of touch to the actual issues and harms actually going on. Okay, back to Caitlyn Jenner. What did she do now? Well, apparently she made a statement where she didn't vote in the big 2020 election because she couldn't get excited about the measures on the California ballot and went golfing instead. Great way to further sell yourself in the California recall election where these measures matter. But here's another thing. According to LA County records, Jenner actually voted. After Jenner's comment on CNN aired, someone from the registrar's office reconfirmed that Jenner voted and had proof. Tiss, tiss, Jenner, flip-flopping again. I just don't understand exactly what Jenner was trying to gain from lying about not voting. Yeah, honestly, me neither. This is just one of those races that is just, let's, let's just not pay it any attention, honestly. Yeah, I, it's getting, hopefully it's not getting to Kanye West level. Oh, race. oh yeah, don't you know? worry. We haven't reached that part yet. Okay, cool. <laughs> On May 11th, Instagram announced a new profile feature that allows users to enter in their pronouns in a designated space instead of their bio. Sorry, Instagram, you already failed Glad safety index. Try again next year. But in all honesty, this is a practice that all social media platforms should be following. But it doesn't stop the anti-LGBTQ plus content that is spread. Cosmetic effects fixes like this pronoun feature is an easy solution, but it's not the right solution. Ellen DeGeneres has exited the stage for her talk show because she's just not feeling challenged anymore. More like her content went stale after she was canceled for chatting it up with George Bush and for toxic workplace environment allegations. Look, whether you love the Ellen show or not, love Ellen or not, I think we can all agree this is for the best. I mean, she's been on air for 20 years. You know, let's give the talk show to someone who is a queer woman of color and it's actually funny, yeah? Yes, please. Can we get Wanda Sykes her own television show, please? We mm-hmm. absolutely love her. And also not, you know, saying we were the ones, but we absolutely called this on our website. This is what happens when someone like Ellen just gets a little too mainstream. All 
Our main story today is about the panic excuse defense that was just recently banned in the state of Vermont on May 5th. The governor of Vermont, Phil Scott, a Republican, had these words to say when signing the ban into law. With this legislation, Republicans, Democrats, and progressives alike sent a message to Vermonters that your identity should never be an excuse for someone to cause you harm. Uh, very, very proud to hear that statement. The, um, just some history on the panic defense. It is an archaic defense tactic that lawyers use to allow defendants to justify murder by saying they were surprised to find out a person was a member of the LGBTQ plus community, which somehow makes it okay. The justification for using it places the blame of being murdered on the victim for their identity. It portrays queer people as deceptive and societal trash, willing to deceive others who are innocent victims that had to kill because they just didn't know how to react to someone being queer. Pretty sure the normal response is something along the lines of, oh, you're gay? That's cool. It's absolutely none of my business to ask whether you are or not. So let's keep on living our own lives. Yeah, I still can't wrap my head around the ways of hetero society. Like, why is that so hard to do? I'm gay, you're straight, can't that be the end of the discussion? Uh, but apparently not. But the thing is, Vermont is only the 14th state to outlaw such a queerphobic defense. There are more that will allow someone to murder someone who is trans or another member of the LGBTQ plus community and be able to use the panic defense as a legitimate legal argument. Now, you'd want to believe that any judge or jury would discussively scoff at such a defense. The American Bar Association has adopted a resolution to end the panic defense since 2013. But many of the states banning trans athletes and trans healthcare, among other anti-LGBTQ plus bills, are the same ones that still allow the panic defense to be used in a court of law. Unfortunately, we can't view this as coincidence. We'd love to believe on a national level that most of American society supports and defends the LGBTQ plus community. But in a nation where the Equality Act looks less likely to pass in the Senate, it's clear that these states that are pushing through anti-LGBTQ plus legislation could care less if the panic defense was banned. And we've seen throughout history how the panic defense has helped murderers evade harsher sentences and sacrifice justice for murdered queer people. The panic defense became prominent back in 1995 with the murder of Scott Almador and the trial of murderer Jonathan Schmitz who was only convicted for second degree murder instead of first. The same defense was used in the trial of Matthew Shepard's killers and has been especially used in trials involving slain trans women like Gran Araujo in 2004. So what can we do? Well, we need to advocate for panic defense bans in every state, as well as putting maximum effort in pressuring senators to pass the Equality Act. Also, there's a national bill that was introduced back in 2019 by Senator Ed Markey called S-1721, Gay and Trans Panic Defense Prohibition Act of 2019. This would become a national ban that would nullify the use of the panic defense in all states. Unfortunately, the bill still hasn't been referred to a committee yet. We need to advocate for our Senate representatives to focus on this act to be passed. 
And also just saying, but not recommending because it's like illegal in many states, but brass knuckles, just saying. And luckily pepper spray and both stun guns and tasers, which by the way are two different things, are legal to carry on your person in every state. We have to learn how to protect ourselves, know our rights, and we can't be bystanders. Unless we have actual laws that offer some type of protection, we gotta protect ourselves. So nothing like hitting up the bars after a nice little throwdown using some pride-themed knuckles. Allies will send you some nice themed brass knuckles too. And that's what you call public service. Laugh through the anchor, that's what we do on this show. We should definitely sell that for Pride Month. Yes. All right, that's our show. Stay tuned next week for another episode of the Queerly News. This has been Nick and Lena. Stay safe and stay queer. <laughs>